looking forward to this morning, looking forward to tonight particularly. Please do join us if you can. Um, it's the first time we've done anything like this, so it should be it should be fun. We'd love to see you there. And um, a great opportunity to serve next week here on Saturday as country comes to town. This is a, f- well, it's not actually, it's going to say it's the first Sunday of September, but it's not. But second Sunday, but it's near the start. <laughs> um, you get the point. And uh, near the start of September, we love to share a little bit of vision every um at the first-ish Sunday in September or January. We love to share a little vision, a bit of vision for the year ahead or some information about some of the things that we have discerned that maybe the Lord has laid on our hearts for the year ahead. That has come from prayer and conversation as a lead team, but also with many of you. Um, and so we try to kind of percolate, if that's the way to put it, all the stuff that we feel we've heard um, so that we can present some stuff to you that brings some shape to where we're going. Vision's important, as you'll see that text on the slide. Without a vision, the people um, perish, the King James says. You stick that up? I think it's on the screen, that verse. Sorry, Johnny. Um, without a vision, the people perish, or one, I think the NIV says that they, without a prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint, okay? There's a sense in which um, if there's no uh, kind of arc of uh, where we're going, where we're heading towards, then things just get a little bit uh, fudged and unclear, and and so uh, we don't always get that right, but we're trying our best to bring clarity to where we're going. And um, it's fair to say that so much has happened over the last two or three years in our in our lives, maybe individually, but certainly in the life of Emmanuel. And uh, the church has multiplied in different ways. People are more spread out as a family of churches around the city. And uh, as leaders, um, we're trying to work hard to help you understand the shape and structure of where we feel we're going, of what the Lord's doing. Um, that's not uh, to be considered to be something that's not, like just a nice, neat and tidy kind of structure that everything has to fit within. Because there's a sense in which if it's the church um, doing what the church does, it should be infused by the life of the Spirit and therefore be a constant sense of movement. So there should be a sense that things, you know, the, the classic kind of complaint in church life is you're always changing. And and um, and you're like, yes, we are, because we're part of a movement. Now, plus we should be changing in our relationship with Jesus and going from glory to glory. And yes, we need a degree of order, but there's a sense in which things should be moving, things should be developing, things should be unfolding, because the Great Commission was to unfold. And if a movement, which Christianity is, it's not a building, it's not a static institution, it's a movement, then it always needs to be moving. And we, as um, the ones that God has chosen to co-partner with, get caught up in that sense of movement. And so <clears throat> we always want things to be slightly, we're trying to keep up with it because it should be the life of the Spirit. I love this quote it's on the next slide from J.K. Chesterton, which kind of summarizes what I'm trying to say. He said, the more I considered Christianity, the more I found that while it established a rule and order, the chief aim of that order was to give room for good things to run wild. I love that. Right? So we have to bring a certain degree of shape and order, and Christianity does that in, um, in, in general in terms of our process of transformation, but it does it in such a way to bring the life and the wildness, if you want to put it that way, of the Holy Spirit in and upon our lives. And so 
any shape that we give to things as leaders in the church is so that the Spirit of God can do what the Spirit of God needs to do and wants to do amongst us, and that we would not resist that in any way. And I think that's a really biblical thing, particularly when it comes to the early church, because when you read passages like Acts chapter 6, Acts chapter 15, or things like that, you become aware that is this movement of the Spirit where people were coming to faith and being discipled and breaking down kind of new frontiers. The gospel was moving into new spaces and moving into new people groups and moving into new cultures. The apostles were trying their best to keep up with that. And so every now and again, they had to sit down and have a wee chat and go, God's at work here. How do we bring some kind of order? Because practical things get missed. And the people weren't getting fed in Acts chapter 6 that the way they used to get fed. And so they needed to raise up some leaders in order to bring shape to that so that they could be true to that as well as getting on with preaching and teaching and discipling. In Acts 15, we read about how loads of the Gentiles have been coming to faith and are like, well, what do we do about them? How do we incorporate them into the family of God? And do they have to abide by all the rules of a bloody blah, blah, right? Could go off on one, but I won't. But that, that was kind of going on. And the, the, the leaders had to get together and spend some time praying, seeking the Lord, and trying to bring some shape to how the movement was unfolding so that the Spirit could do even more. And every time they did that, if you read in the book of Acts, it's really interesting. It says the next wave of growth happened. The next wave of development happened after godly kind of order came. And so rather than me um, talk loads, what we're going to do is we're going to watch a presentation. It lasts just over 10 minutes, so make yourself comfortable. Sorry, if no popcorn, okay? Um, and I'd love you to watch, um, because I think uh, having to kind of script something and go over it um, and over it and over it <laughs> and over it hopefully says a lot more succinctly what I maybe say if I stood up here and uh, and waffled on, okay? And uh, what we, what, why we did this was we want everybody to understand the evolving shape of things that are happening, not just here in Portadown, but across Craig Avon as a family of churches. And we also want you to know how you've got a role to play in it. Each and every one of us have got a role to play in it. There's lots going on at the moment, and so hopefully this will help you understand how it all fits together. And then when that's over, going to come back up and talk you through our six practices. Chris and I are going to share that, and we're going to just explain some of the ways that we feel we're going to live this out over the next term together. Is that all right? Make yourself comfortable. This short presentation is to help you get an understanding of the exciting developments and evolving shape of Emmanuel Church as we enter another new season. We want you to understand the big vision of what you as a member of our church are part of, and more importantly, the unique contribution you can make within this. First, let's have a brief recap of our vision and values. As a church, God has given us a clear vision to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the kingdom of God. Our values are shaped around the great commandment and the great commission of Jesus, and they are the key themes that define the DNA of Emmanuel and shape the behaviour of our family culture. These three values are loving God, loving people and loving the world. We outwork these values through six main practices. These practices are the holy habits that we commit ourselves as a family to in Lurgan. We constantly find ourselves circling around these practices, prioritising presence, mobilising mission, training leaders, investing in youth, growing as a family and striving for kingdom unity. 
As we strive to fulfill the vision God has given us, we have identified a number of long-term aims. These are the headline goals that map out the broad strategy of how we'll fulfill our vision. These key aims focus on a clear path towards the fulfillment of our greatest dreams. These aims are, number one, to prepare ourselves for a move of God in our land. We believe God has called us to contend for a great awakening of his spirit in our lifetime. Number two, to create a discipleship culture that releases radical Jesus followers. We want to release hundreds of white hot in love with Jesus believers to truly fulfill the Great Commission. Number three, to build a mature, thriving local resource church, a church that is faithful in reaching its own community while reproducing church through the nation. Number four, to pioneer numerous church plants around Ireland. We feel led to build an apostolic network of churches throughout Ireland. Number five, to develop and coordinate citywide transformation initiatives in the Kirkavan area. And number six, to develop a mature leadership development pipeline training and releasing leaders. Now let us show you how these aims are currently being worked out. If we are to be faithful to the Great Commission, we know that Jesus referred to ever-widening geographical spheres. Our Jerusalem is obviously the city of Kirkavan, and we want to show you our missional strategy to see this city transformed. It is best understood within three areas of influence. The first of these areas of influence is church planting. The Bible says that God sets the lonely in families. And we believe that this means God wants every person in Kurgavan to have access to a kingdom family. We passionately believe that everyone is loved by the Father and formed in a family. One of the aims that is central to our vision is to build a strong local resource church, which will not just have a strong local presence and influence in Lurgan, but also carry an extra local influence to the city and nation. We have to remember that Kurgavan is made up of almost 100,000 people. We know that one church, no matter how big it is, isn't going to be enough to transform or rewrite the story of a city. We want to plant numerous kingdom families, churches across the city. One of the churches planted that we feel is particularly strategic to the fulfilling of our vision is Emmanuel Portadown. Our city, Craigavon, is made up of two major towns, Lurgan and Portadown. In 2016, we sensed the Lord start to speak to us about planting a stock of the vision and DNA of Emmanuel Lurgan in Portadown. Our sense is that as Emmanuel Portadown grows and matures, we will be more strategically positioned to help see significant transformation happen right across the city of Craigavon. We also believe that Emmanuel Lurgan and Emmanuel Portadown will evolve as sister churches and share together that God-given grace of being a resource church that will not just see the city of Craigavon transformed, but also release numerous church plants through the nation. When we speak about a resource church, what do we really mean? Like New Testament examples such as Ephesus and Antioch, we understand resource church to be identified as a life-giving local resource church committed to its immediate context, but which has grown in grace to have influence beyond its local context. In other words, these churches have matured to possess enough spiritual mass with leaders who embody the character and competency of Jesus that they become places for reproducing, training and sending leaders into the missional frontier. These churches have therefore a clearly defined strategy for how they will fulfill the Great Commission. 
A resource church therefore honors and recognizes the Ephesian four ministry gifts, apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers, and as a result, nurtures and releases these translocal teams. Finally, a resource church is committed to ensuring strong administrative, ministry, and financial systems which will allow support and reproducibility. So a resource church is a great local church but seeks to reproduce itself in lots of different ways throughout the city and the nation. Already we are starting to see this in churches like Shalom and Kara in different parts of the city. But we long to see many more churches of different shapes and sizes all carrying our shared values but located in different parts of the city in the years ahead. For example, we are beginning to see missional communities birthed in some of the villages and outlying regions of the city. These missional communities consist of a small group of committed disciples, members of Emmanuel Church, who have identified a shared mission that may be a particular area or people group and have decided to commit their lives together to see in the kingdom come to these people or specific area. While we ultimately long to see people set in kingdom families, we recognise that coming to church is still a massive cultural step for lots of people. Many people in our city are disconnected from any church environments and unfortunately many are simply disinterested in church. There are, however, other ways we can reach and connect with people and in doing so reflect the heart of God. This second area of influence are what we call specialist services and events. These services have either been established in Emmanuel or we are heavily partnering with them. Services like food bank, links counselling, renew clothing, reach and aspire as well as events such as our superhero party, Christmas and Easter outreaches, kids and youth events, can in practical and professional ways provide a wonderful opportunity to meet people at their point of need and practically demonstrate the love of God. The leaders and the staff of these specialist services are all bought into the vision of seeing the transformation of the city. And so as we engage with people through these services and events, we are afforded a brilliant opportunity to signpost them to the most accessible church for them if they would like deeper connection. Equally, where a church has become a first point of contact for an individual, but we have become aware of a need which requires practical or professional help, our churches can encourage these individuals towards getting help from the appropriate specialist service available. As well as a desire to plant churches and provide for people's practical needs through these specialist services, there is another sphere of influence where we can reach out to our community. This third area of influence includes every one of us, every day and everywhere. What a magnificent opportunity. We believe that while not everyone is called to plant a church or lead a charity, everyone is still a missionary. Wherever you live and work every day, God wants you to adopt a missionary posture. Whether that be a doctor, a plumber, a teacher, or a stay-at-home mom, you have influence. In fact, as a result of your proximity to people in our city that don't know Jesus, you're the best position to lead them to Christ. We have a dream that everyone, every day, everywhere, will recognize who they are and therefore what they carry and that they will play their part in seeing our city transformed by the love of God. 
how exciting is it to recognize that we are part of a mass mobilization of people who are moving into different spheres of the city, bringing out the God colors and God flavors of our city and influencing literally thousands upon thousands of people every single day. Practically, we hope that through this presentation, you can see a thoughtful and coordinated strategy God has given us to see the first part of our vision to rewrite the story of the city, Craigavon, become a reality. More importantly, we hope that you can see the role you play as part of a much bigger and exciting plan to transform the city. First of all, by reflecting Jesus in your everyday life, carrying his light and love to the cracks and crevices of our society. And secondly, by being a signpost to the different specialist services appropriate to an individual's needs and ultimately guiding them to find a home in the family of God. We must remember that the Great Commission of Jesus referred to ever-widening geographical spheres. We've talked about our Jerusalem strategy concerning Craigavon. Now we want to share with you the missional strategy God has given us for Judea and Samaria. This for us represents the north and south of Ireland. As we widen the lens to think about Ireland, it is obvious if you have been about Emmanuel that God has enlarged his heart in us for this beautiful but broken nation. In the last few years in particular, God has challenged us to show more leadership and bring definition to what he is calling us to do. We sense in step with the gospel strategy we read about in the early church that the primary way to see our nation transformed is to cultivate a culture of radical discipleship which catapults people into the missional frontier at the front end of which is church planting. Based on the passage of Genesis 26, where we read about Isaac's well-digging exploits, God has given us a mandate to help unblock old wells and to dig new ones. In other words, we are called to serve the established church, to come alongside her prayerfully and relationally, to see the renewal of life of the Spirit released but also a very clear call to pioneer in the planting of numerous new churches in some of the most unreached parts of Ireland. This growing network of partner churches that has been birthed from or adopted into Emmanuel Church is named Tabar. Tabar is the Irish word for well or spring and headlines our desire to see numerous life-giving churches springing up throughout the land of Ireland. Well, there you go. <laughs> Thanks to Nat Duke for um, listening to my voice all week as she tried to like uh, put all that together. We hope that's um, helped you a little bit. We're going to send it around via email. Um, if you're not on our contact list, make sure you let us know before the end of today. Um, and we'll make sure that you can get um, a version of this, maybe to watch their own. Hopefully it'll make a little bit more sense for you. But with so much going on in the life of the church, we just really felt it was important to help you understand that, that God has called us to plant churches because that's what the church does. That God has called us to practically demonstrate the love of God. And some of you he has called and equipped to set up charities or be involved in specific kind of forms of work that help us bridge the gap between the church and people in need. And thirdly, and maybe most importantly, every single one of us, God has positioned us wherever we get up tomorrow to be a missionary for him. 
but we can operate not just as his light in those areas, but we can also operate as a signpost towards things that can draw people towards the family of God. And we'd love you to think um, about how you can do that more and more in uh, days and years ahead. The other exciting thing, I suppose, about this morning is they're watching. Part of the reason we did it like this was to try and keep things as coherent as possible when we're spread out around the walls that we're trying to rebuild. Is They're watching exactly the same thing in Lurgan this morning, which is great to think that there is a growing sense of family across both churches. We hope it helps you understand a little bit about how we're growing as a church here in Portadown and how that's evolving into what we know as a resource church and just trying to define that. And hopefully you can see in those aims a sense of where the work goes in in the background, if you like, to try and help us aim towards those, um, the fulfillment of those. And so I'm sure it has provoked uh, some questions or thoughts for you. We'd love to hear those. Um, that was part of the reason for it. And uh, we hope it helps you um yeah, just get a, a sense of shape of where we're going. And we hope that uh, even as you watch it, maybe in the days ahead, it'll provoke more thoughts and embed something in your heart. And so if, if that's kind of the big picture, I suppose what we want to take the rest of the time today to do is to help you think through uh, and understand how we feel we're going to flesh that out in a more short-term way. So if that's kind of some long-term aims or short-term aims for the next um, term, I suppose the next four or five months um, flowing into the next, um, I suppose, eight or ten months, the next kind of academic year. And we just want to do that and present that to you through looking at our six practices. And so uh, Chris and I are going to tag team as we just uh, explain some of these to you. And hopefully this gives you a sense of where we're going. As we, um, so, so, so if we've if presented part of the vision or the kind of focus of where we're going, I suppose the, the circles, as we've said before, the things that we keep orientating around because they want them to be holy habits that help us uh, become the kind of family that God is um, leading us to become here, then the first one of those is prioritizing presence. And uh, we, we just feel that we want to push even further into that. We want to be people that constantly are gathering around the presence of God, that we will not leave this place, that we will not go forward from this place unless God's presence goes with us. Um, as well as that, um, the first key aim, I don't know if you remember because I know there's a lot in that, but the first key aim, uh, long-term aim, is to prepare for a move of God in the land. That's what we're living for. And I know it maybe sounds just like the thing to say, but it's really not. We're going to, we, we want to live and believe for a move of God's spirit in this nation. I find myself thinking more and more about what that could be like at the moment. Uh, I was coming back from the park on Friday night and I think about how, how I find myself in the car thinking and meditating and pondering and imagining more and more about what a move of God could be like. I think about it when I'm driving. I think about it when I'm walking. I think about it when I'm putting my kids to bed. What would it be like for them to live through an awakening of the Spirit of God? And so as we long for that, we have to contend for it because there is an enemy that doesn't want that to happen. And so our corporate prayer theme for the next um, season is this theme, Contend, and on our bi-weekly Wednesday, Wednesday nights. And, and we just want to come together and worship and cry out to God for a move of His Spirit in our land. And as the darkness gets darker, we need to remember that the light does get brighter. And I truly believe, and I'm not just saying this because I'm a pastor and it's the kind of thing pastors say, right? I truly believe we're living at a hinge point in history. And if you look 
culturally, which I haven't got time to do today, if you look culturally at all the things that are happening right in our world today, in lots of different social, political, education, all of those levels, you can pretty much chart how the similar things were happening in a different epoch of time, hundreds of years ago, when the darkness just kept getting darker and a bunch of people got together, prayed and contended and turned the tide. And the Spirit of God broke out and transformed cities and nations. And I do truly believe that we're living at one of those times in our lifetime. And uh, that's why we want to prioritize a presence, come together as a church across Lurgan and Portadown and across the city. We'll continue to alternate venues so we can t- contend for his presence. And just to say, there's nothing really quantitative, if you like, that, that I say in terms of the second one, a priority of worship. But we really want us to come to church on Sundays and in our times of corporate prayer and others with a high priority on worship. We are, we're asking God for greater levels of freedom to break us out of the captivity at times the enemy and the fear and the intimidation he wants to put on us and that worship really would be our priority. It's the vanguard. You can't not read, read the scriptures, particularly, uh, well, Old Testament and New Testament, and worship goes first. It breaks down barriers. It changes atmospheres. And so we want to lay high priority on times of worship. And, uh, and thirdly, connected to that, we're going to teach a series on Sunday mornings here called Unveiled Faces. This is a scripture we're going to take a lot of time to unpack. But it is the greatest privilege in the world that in Jesus we get to do this. We all, with unveiled faces, behold, 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 the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. And so our our sense from the Lord is he wants us to pursue holiness. So we're going to teach on holiness. He wants us to pursue his presence. And ultimately he wants to give us a glimpse, a glimpse, another glimpse of how beautiful he is, okay? And so our, our theme on Sunday mornings, which highlights our desire to prioritize the presence, is unveiled faces. Chris is going to come and do mobilizing mission. Thanks, Alan. Okay, um, so mobilizing mission. There we go. So what we've already talked about this morning is this everyone, every day, everywhere. So that's that's all of us. Um and, you know, I think the great thing is that when we understand what it is that we carry, it's very easy for us to become, if you like, evangelists. But when we hear the word evangelist, nobody particularly wants to do that because it seems like quite a hard task. Um, so whilst we will organize uh, events and start ministries and, and do stuff like that, we believe that the power to transform a city lies in the hands of, of you, of everyone. And so we want to, uh, to equip people to do that and empower and release people to do that too. But we will also be doing uh, things through um, our, our special events to bless the town. And so we really would like you to prioritize those things. So country comes to time, which is next Saturday morning, you know, there will be tens of thousands of people around the town. And when people come in to hear and they experience God's love in a practical way, it, it helps them to go on a, a journey of transformation. And so we have that, and we're going to be doing some stuff uh, at Christmas. We have a good favor with the High Street Mall here, and so we have an opportunity to do some stuff so we can start practicing your Christmas carols now. We can do some carol singing, but lots of opportunities uh, are coming our way because God has blessed us with such a magnificent location. And uh, that location is not for us and our convenience. It's to make him known and for the kingdom 
to come. So, um, so yes, we have the specialist events, and then we have Connect Cafe and, and our presence in the streets on, on uh, Fridays. And Connect Cafe has been this wonderful opportunity for us to just connect every single Friday with people. It's about building long-term relationships. We have some amazing volunteers. But what we've seen in that environment is that as we make ourselves available, God brings people, draws people to himself, draws people to us, and we get to minister um, hope and healing to others, to see people's lives transformed, see people come to faith. We've seen people rescued from uh, attempted suicides, from actually from human trafficking. Just even in the short time that we have uh, been here, we've seen those things happen. So it's been absolutely amazing. Um, so then we have our, our prayer walking. So we really feel strategically, and as a leadership team, we feel that the prayer walking in the town every week is kind of like our Jericho. Um, it's the thing that we're to, to gather around, to see breakthrough. Um, as the children of Israel did that, when, when the walls of Jericho fell, it actually broke something over the entire land. And so we feel called to continue to pray around the town, but actually from that place to go out and maybe do some door-to-door stuff, connect, put some leaflets through people's doors, start to invite people to stuff. And one of those stuff things is Alpha. Uh, and so Alpha, we're, we're going to do um, in, in January, but now is the time for you and for me to think about five people who don't know Jesus or who are disconnected with church and God that you would like to start praying for to see them come to faith. And it's when we start this now, when we build relationships intentionally and with integrity now, that when we say, hey, we're starting Alpha in January, we're all going, well, I've got five people I can invite. Um, But unless we start thinking about that, we'll never see it happen. Um, So please start thinking even now about about that. So the next one is intentional prayer for the lost. Um, And uh, so when we put those five people's names on the list, we're going to pray for them. And then thinking further afield as well, next year, we are praying through and looking at the possibility of sending a team to Uganda. That's something if you had gone to Emmanuel Lurgan in the past, you would have been familiar with. But we'd love to send a team. We'd love to see a number of people come from this church to go to Uganda next year. All right. Thank you, Chris. So, yeah, we're going to go after the lost. I'm going to challenge you to pray, and me too, for that um, over the next uh, next season. Growing as a family, then, um, is the next one. There we go. The back one. Oh, no. There we go. Um, we've talked a lot about Celebrate Kragavan. We want to grow as a family as a family of churches, and so tonight's really important. We've all, we've already highlighted that we're going to have a baptism. That's part of unfolding the Great Commission. Is we uh, we uh, we teach and we call people to we teach them the ways of Jesus. We ask them to obey the ways of Jesus, and we baptize them. And uh, we want to encourage you if you're not baptized. Uh, uh, we love in, in water. Um, I don't know what else it would be, I suppose, but uh, under the water, if you're not baptized, um, we encourage you to really think about it. It's a wonderful thing to be baptized, um, and uh, we had a great time when we did it earlier on um, this year, and uh, 14th of October, we're going to do another one, so please do speak to us, and we'll get you thinking about that, and uh, be more than happy to put you under and promise to bring you back up. We uh, want to just uh, be clear as a church around our communion. We love remembering the Lord. Um, we want to build in a very intentional rhythm of, at the very least 
of doing it one Sunday a month. We'll definitely do it on the first Sunday of every month. We hope that we'll do it more than that. We just feel like we want to teach on the, the table a little bit more, help people understand the reverence and honor that the table needs. And uh, we're going to be doing that. And so just with this church starting up, we maybe haven't done that as much as we should have, if we're honest, or as much as we'd like to have. But uh, we really want to build that important for us. It's, it's just it's just a high value to meet around the table of the Lord and remember what he's done and uh, be knitted together as a family because of that. As well as that, growing as a family, we want to um, uh, develop our family kind of social times. And uh, so the word on the street is that the women are uh, 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 organizing a meal together out on the 1st of December. So um, uh, they're getting the date in early there, men, to make sure that we... uh, Look after the children and babies if we're, if, um, if we're married and have kids. Um, the daughters' events, as you can see, are coming up um, in the 19th of September, which Chris announced on the 2nd of November, so you can highlight those. We will have another men's event, we think, in October. We'll give you more details of that, XY, which happens just to build amongst the men. And, um, and I suppose one of the important ones that we, we want to say is um, <clears throat> we feel that there's quite... Um, a lot going on, um, and there's different opportunities for people to grow and get involved in things through the week, things like Ignite and stuff like that. People from Portadown are doing Ignite, which happens on a Monday night, which is great. Um, I think we also would really like to develop um, our discipleship in a way in church that we feel would allow lots and lots of people to grow in the increase in Christ-likeness. And uh, so we're doing quite a bit of work on that in the background, and we think it needs to be set into the church in a very strong cultural way rather than just another program. So I just want to like assure you that we're doing lots of work on that. But in the meantime, we are recognizing the need to maybe gather people who um, would like to be connected a little bit more through the week. And so, as you know, we meet bi-weekly to pray every Wednesday night. But if you're not in any other kind of group where you feel like the week's a little bit long for you, they'd like to feel a little bit more connected to what's going on through the week. And we're going to start something on the 26th of September, which is the other Wednesday night, not the prayer meeting night, the corporate prayer night, for anybody who would just like to come to the building, um, get get connected, maybe worship a little bit, and look at some material that would cause us and stimulate us to grow. Um, uh, Stephen McIntyre and Chris have been putting some thought into that, and they're going to try to lead that with some other of our other leaders in the church and uh, we'd just like to make that available. So please come and talk to us about that if you feel particularly that you would love that. And um, we, we, We've become aware that we think people would like that. And uh, and so in conversations together and as a leadership, we think this is the wisest way to go to go about it. Oops, last couple. Um, we... Um, <clears throat> In our Sunday evenings, as you know at the minute, we're not doing Sunday evenings. I think um, the Sunday evening thing, as well as what I just described, is we don't really want to do things for the sake of doing things, but we do want to do things well and with intentionality and with a why. And we also want to take into consideration different people's capacity in the seasons of life that they find themselves in. Um, And so with putting a lot of emphasis on Alpha, which will start running in January, we will be hoping that that potentially starts to lead towards some more consistent expression of church here in Portadown in the evenings. Until that time, we want to just um, spend whatever time we can together, growing together. And on Sunday nights, we're going to run a series in Lurgan called The Practice. One of the things that we are finding more and more is, no matter how much we can teach and preach, people need, I need, 
people need practical help to know how to grow in the relationship with God. They know how, they need help to know how to pray. Uh, we do a lot of the why teaching up here. We don't do lots of the how. How to do? How to read your Bible? How to do reflection on your life? How to do centered prayer? How to do Sabbath well? How to practice silence in your life? All the things actually that Jesus did, right? But a lot of people don't really know how to do them. They're just told, "Go and read your Bible and pray about it, and hopefully you'll grow." And uh, there's ways to do that that have been proven and tested over the years of church history that we think over the years we have learned and we want to teach something on Sunday nights in Lurgan called the practice, which will be a 15-minute teach and then a 15-minute practice. We're actually going to do it all together so that people feel like they're being helped in their own devotional life and how to walk with Jesus. And so just for just for this season, we'd really encourage you to come across for that. And if you can't make it across, hopefully it'll be quite a strong series and podcast and stuff. And you can pick those up in podcast and maybe even start practicing some of them together. That's what we're going to do on Sunday nights just for this season. And then in the new year, we'll be rolling in there, really pushing Alpha here specifically in Portadown and hoping that loads of us are able to get involved and help in lead groups. As we grow as a family, we want to develop our building. Johnny and the guys spent a lot of time, even yesterday, just putting new screens up. I hope you noticed. The sound desk is over here, trying to use some of the space. We have more space here. And they've done a great job. Why don't we just give them a round of applause and thank them for, for all of that. And then, believe it or not, in two months or so, we'll be celebrating our first year anniversary. So we're going to do something wild for that. <laughs> I don't know what it is yet, but it's going to be wild. If you have any ideas, please let us know. But the first Sunday in December, we're going to celebrate you know, one year together. What, what an amazing journey it's been. And then finally, we really want to develop a prayer ministry team. Prayer ministry is a strong component that we want to have as a value in our church life. And uh, um, Chris is going to be leading some training on that because we'd like it to be a regular thing that people are available to give and offer prayer ministry every Sunday. We're trying to aim to get there before the end of the year. Okay, three more to go. Investing in youth. That's you, Chris, isn't it? Because you're young. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks, huh? Um Okay, so investing in youth, and uh, so we, on an ongoing basis, really want to strengthen um, our youth and our youth environments. So we have an amazing amount of, of children, and the thing is, they they all seem to get older every year, and um, it means that that you know we have fifteen going from crash age to primary school age, and we have some of the kids going from uh, children's age to youth age, and we and things have to change. Uh, and so we're going to continue to develop that. We're really blessed at the minute to have multiple spaces available to us too to fit those kids in. So we're actually in, in the process of getting additional uh, room spaces so we can do more activities with uh, the, the children at this point in time. And we're currently as well developing a new curriculum and rolling that out with children's ministry. So it's great to be able to do that. And we're really blessed with the number of children that we have. And to think about these kids that in a few years' time, as they become uh, youth and adults, that, that they actually then continue to carry the story of Jesus into all the environments that they're in. Um, 
So we also have a, a few connections with kids clubs that happen in this area. We have uh, great people like uh, Rachel, who's interning with us this year, and Tove, who are out uh, working in the Gravacki Road and Brownstown uh, kids clubs. These things started years ago because of expression, and it's great that we can provide a little bit of support and help and, and can sort of continue to help them uh, uh, in what they're doing because they're doing fantastic work. Um, and that's pretty much it, actually. Yeah, we're getting going quicker now. It's good. Mm -hmm. uh, next week, I think, just on the kids and youth, I think um, we're going to hear a lot about from Debbie and from the guys in youth. Sarah's sharing a lot of it about what's going to be going on there um, and how maybe you could help out because we could do with probably some more volunteers. Um, th these last two are going to be really quick. So um, as we train leaders, that's one of our uh, key practices because... Um, in order to fulfill all the stuff that you've seen in that presentation, we need to realize leaders. Um, again, that's really, really biblical, that we're investing in people, releasing people into the destiny that God has for them, and able to lead. And when leaders lead with diligence, the Bible says things happen. And, uh, and so uh, <clears throat> we have our Ignite course. I think there's over 50 enrolled again this year. It's been amazing just to watch how God just adds to that every year. And um, we hope that that will... Um, uh, expose us to embryonic gifts and graces of leadership that we want to develop and grow. Um, so it's going to be brilliant. If you'd still like to do that, there's still, there's still space and time. You speak to me. That starts next Monday. And then just specific nights. Uh, I don't want to talk too much about that, but just uh, like in things like prayer ministry, in the prophetic, if we feel God is something on you for church planting or church leading, we will have smaller kind of cohorts just to train and develop people in those things. Chris mentioned things like you know, just developing our, uh, our, our understanding around um, engaging with vulnerable adults and child protection stuff. That will continue to be a focus and a priority for us. And uh, <clears throat> we also want to invest in our worship teams and ministry teams and things like that so people are feeling they're trained and equipped to do what God has called them to do. And finally... All right. Um, striving for kingdom unity. Um, uh, we, you know, we're building God's kingdom. We're not building our own little empire. And so when we are thinking about what we do as a church and what we do in terms of engaging with the community, um, we see that the Holy Spirit often draws us to partner with other people, to connect with other people of like mind. And uh, so it's very important that we speak well of other people and of their churches and other ministries. But beyond that, we want to look at, at how we can strategically work um, with different uh, people and church groups. And it's been brilliant over the last number of years that, that a number of initiatives have started that have had multiple churches involved in them. So the likes of uh, Reach, which works with young people in schools. Uh, and the food bank as well, we've been able to actually connect and become stronger and bring really a unified message uh, to the town. And I suppose even in the history of this church, the short history, it was a couple of churches coming together to do something in unity, which so many people from outside of the church have pointed to and gone, wow, that's amazing. You hear about churches splitting up all the time, but you don't hear about churches coming together. But that is um, just a witness of the goodness of the kingdom. And so we're going to continue to develop that uh, sense of, of kingdom unity um, with, through a number of prayer initiatives. So we'd really encourage you to think about supporting the Portadown House of Prayer and stuff that we do through um, the 24-7 Prayer Network. I'm sure a number of you were also at Healing of the Land um, yesterday in Nuts Corner, which saw thousands of people come together to pray 
um, for for our land and to actually think about what God is doing and what we've been through in, in the context of the troubles um, and just that sense of peace and reconciliation that actually the church, I think, again, is being called to that role within our culture and society. And so we continue to do uh, those things uh, and we continue to do that through prayer and uh, the other thing that we do that through which you'll have seen on the slide is Tabar which is our uh, church network as Alan has already mentioned we, we do some training things through Tabar and um, we deliver different programs connect with other churches and last year we had um, our very first ever conference as a church we had over 4,000 4,000 <laughs> yes I'm just being prophetic there um 4,000 minus zero, which would be 400 um, people coming together from all over the country to take part in that. So there was a great sense of unity, but there's also a sense in which, um, you know, in humility that we are sometimes graced to be a blessing to others, um, both to give to them, but also to receive back as well. And so we're going to continue to strive for kingdom unity um, over the, this next year. And so if there's anything that's kind of on your heart in that respect, you know, come and have a chat uh, to us as leaders um, and we'll listen and see what, what the Holy Spirit is saying. <clears throat> Thank you, Chris. So um, we haven't too much more to do this morning. That's really um, it, um, almost. Uh, other than to say that um, we are going to email both that presentation to you and the points in this. It's our way of trying to make it as simple as possible, to try and help people understand where it is we're going, how it is the Lord is leading us. Um, we have a desire, a desire to see an increase in the, the presence of the Lord amongst us here as we gather together, but very much that we see Sundays as kind of the halftime team talk. Yeah? We come together we uh, remind ourselves why we do this, what we're doing it for, and then, and, then, and then we get ready to go again as missionaries every day, out on the pitch. Nobody's a spectator. Every single one of us is involved. And, uh, and we want to encourage you to think that way. And we hope that you can find empowerment and encouragement today from wherever God has placed you to be tomorrow. Uh, when you wake up and go to work, you can play a role and a very specific, pivotal role in how we see the transformation of a city. It's really, really important that churches, you know, I, you know, I, I've learned this through mistakes, and I've also learned it through observation. You know, there's, there's lots and lots of churches and lots and lots of experiences I've had of church that have no strategy really whatsoever in order to fulfill the Great Commission. But the reason that we're still on the earth today is to fulfill the Great Commission, is to go into all the world teach the gospel, teach them how to obey the things of Jesus, the ways of Jesus, baptize them. And Jesus said if we did that, he would be with us until the ends of the age. It's important to have a well thought through strategy, plan, that the Spirit of God would breathe in in order to fulfill the Great Commission. It's not just about us huddling together for the sake of it, right? It's for us to get out there and see the kingdom come. And we hope that you can see how, how we're trying to do that. I'm going to pray in a moment what I'd love you to do. Uh, we're gonna, we, we haven't lifted our offering yet, so um, if the guys want to get the baskets going, I'm going to shake this up a little bit in the last two minutes. I want you, as we're just lifting our offerings, why don't you turn to the person beside you and say, what's well, one thing that's just uh, sticking out for you today that you feel encouraged by, challenged by, or excited by? Is that okay? Just do that uh, as we lift the offerings. Um, a little bit of participation. 
Yeah, and then we're going to pray together to finish.